<laughs> Welcome back to Second Name Sellers. I'm Sarah. And I'm Clayton. And today we're going to be talking about the ethics of reselling. So. Do you have some thoughts? I have some thoughts. Yeah. So resellers can generally get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Especially. Just talk, talk a little bit more about that. I yeah. think most people know, but. So you can see that some people, they'll go out and they'll scalp items for example, we all know the PlayStation 5 was the big ticket item last year and the year before Christmas that people just couldn't find. And if you went to buy one, you had to get it at secondhand market and people would have piles of them marked, lined up in their storage unit or whatnot. And, or they can be over greedy. For example, um, American Pickers is a good example of it where you have uh, Mike. Mm-hmm who will generally give people a very fair offer for things that he wants to pick up versus his co-host. And I always can't remember his name. Um, um, it, we'll put it up on the screen or yeah. something, but he will lowball people and then revel in the fact that he lowballed them so much to get a good deal versus giving them a decent offer where both of them are going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to insult the seller. Yeah, you don't want to insult people. Granted, if somebody comes along and they put a $1 sticker on something that you know you're going to be able to make $20 on, you don't go, well, here, I'm going to give you $5 for it. But, like... You're paying what they deem a fair price. Yeah. You're not actively working to cheat them. Yeah, you, you don't want to be aggressive on your tactics. Cheat them is a good way to put it. I think another one you see sometimes is resellers who will go into an estate sale or wherever and they'll just clear the shelves. Mm-hmm. Just, just it goes along with the greed thing, but they won't leave anything for anyone else. And I've experienced this sort of like um, feelings about resellers mm-hmm. as a buyer before I got into it. Um, trying to find deals for myself, for my own house, trying to get good quality things for not a lot of money. And you know that a reseller came in and took Cleared all the best out. stuff yeah. early on um, to go and sell it for more. And so I think we've all seen this bad behavior. I've I've actually seen it as a buyer at estate sales. There's one that my sister, she was at this estate sale with me and there was this guy and he was, you could tell he was a reseller by his behavior. Mm. And I don't remember what he looked like exactly, but I knew he wore, a, he wore a leather jacket and he was carrying a flashlight and he was just, you know, steaming through the, like down the aisle or in between stuff, like with his flashlight, looking, looking, kind of almost cutting in front of people. My sister is, is he talk looking about for, this guy. for like uranium glass. I don't know. Or, I think it was just a flashlight because it was dark in oh, there. Oh, jeez. And so, you know, if you ever see a flashlight, someone with a flashlight in a state sale, and they're being, like, fast about it, they're probably a reseller. Um, and Hannah still talks to about this guy to this day because he was so pushy. She was, like, looking at an area, and here he comes with his flashlight, you know, charging down the aisle. And, like, that is rude. If someone is there looking, just because you're making money off it doesn't give you a right to, like, like, go past common courtesy to, like, push pe- past people or mm-hmm. be aggressive about snatching things in, fr- in front of them. It's just not, like, it's not okay. And I think those of us who want to resell with integrity are sometimes tarnished by these people who are, yeah. you Because know, if, if you tell people that, you know, you resell things online, 
Sometimes it's like, oh, you resell things online. And whether that's, some people will think that's not a real job Mm -hmm. or others will think you're intentionally trying to cheat people by, you know, supply and demand. Mm -hmm. It can give people who just are repurposing, rehoming items that were going to be neglected and left behind to the correct person who wants to buy it a bad rap. It can be, yeah. So, So on that vein, um, I definitely have some personal boundaries that I try to put in place when I'm, when I'm reselling, when I'm looking for things to resell. I'm often out there doing both at the same time. I'm just looking at secondhand stuff to see what's out there. And some of it might be personal and some of it might be professional. And I might have both in the same order. That happens Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, Sometimes it's something that I would keep if it doesn't sell, Mm -hmm. you know? So do you, I'll let you go first. Do you have a specific set of like, like a code of ethics, if you will, that you follow, or at least that you take into consideration when you're out looking? Um, overall, when it comes to like, getting a good deal in relation to items that I'm picking up, I'm not going to go out of my way and, like you said, clear out everything that is there for a good deal just for the sake that there are multiple days to a sale Mm -hmm. and you can always go back the next day. You don't need to just stock up on, well, they had pairs of pants and every pair was 50 cents. Might as well grab them all. Mm -hmm. It's more like, Find the ones that you know. All right, I'll I'll put three dollars, four dollars into getting some of these, but you don't need you don't need them all. Mm-hmm. And there's other people that do need some of these goods that are going to reset to garage sales. That's why they're out there. It's almost hoardery. A, a little bit. You don't want to come to your your shop and then just be like, well, like my shop is right now because I did a whole bunch of garage sales throughout the summer and haven't listed as much as I should. But you don't want to consistently be hoarding up the same items over and over without actually being proactive because you're sitting on cash that's tied up in assets and not liquidating it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, no, a, it's a problem for you as a reseller financially, but also a problem just, because you're, hoarding, you're greedy and you're taking it, everything. It shows... It shows me in a bad light. If I go to a sale and I, I go, wow, this is a great deal. And I just grab everything. And it's obvious you're not in this. It's not for yeah, you. Or right. Whatever. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to buy children's clothing and women's clothing if it's, if it's a great deal just because it's a good deal and I can make money off of it when I do I really need it. Mm-hmm. it sure. Could could I make an extra five bucks if I bought the, the kids' clothing that they have marked as a quarter each? Mm-hmm. Yeah, realistically. But I don't need it. Do you really need it? No. Leave it. I think kind of to your point, too, is when you, when considering these things, um, timing is a big one. Mm-hmm. So if you go to, like you said, there's multiple days to a sale often. Some garage sales, estate sales are both like both like this. Thrift stores, a little different. Yeah. Um, but if you go in first thing at a sale, it's a different thing for you to take everything of value. From the first day of the sale. Pause us for a moment as we listen to the dog bark. <laughs> anyway, okay. Back to where we were. Um, the first day of the sale, if you go and take everything of value, everything mm-hmm. that's cool, 
That's different than showing up an hour before they close on the last day mm -hmm. and then cleaning them out. Yeah. Because at that point, one, they want you to. Yeah. Because, because otherwise they're loading it up. Yeah, they have to deal with and it. And taking it to Goodwill. And themselves. I would even say, especially with a um, garage sale, mm -hmm. it's especially true. Most of these people just want to get rid of it. They want it out of their face. Mm -hmm. So it's not a big deal to show up 30 minutes before closing, an hour before closing, and take a lot. They will be probably be happy you're taking a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point, most people have already stopped by that are going to stop by. State sales, very similar. You can get some great deals on the last day, especially mm -hmm. towards closing, because they're getting ready to shut the door and lock it, and no one else can walk in here. And so whatever they sell in that last hour, half hour is end of the sale yep. unless they you know sell it somewhere else through I, their company and i don't know about you but i've even had times where you go to an estate sale on the last day and they'll give you a better deal oh just you, because you know, they want it that's gone. when you can get the greatest deals <laughs> yeah. often and if you're willing to bundle that's great and i think at that point other people have had ample time to view to come in and and buy things for themselves if mm -hmm. they need them or if they're just not a reseller and they want them at a good price because I think we all should be able to get a good deal on things. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think thinking about that, considering your timing, it is part of being ethical with, especially when you're buying in large quantities, yeah. I think. Um, and, and going back to what you were saying with the one guy with hunting with his flashlight, you don't want it's to be a pushy. kind that you can see out there. Yeah, you don't want to be pushy. You don't. <laughs> I've even seen in some of these videos um, that people put up on YouTube, they come with their own big um, IKEA bags to garage sales, and it's like, do you really need that to clutch to you to hoard on to what you're grabbing when you can just communicate to the person selling and go, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna get this. It's a little bulky. Do you mind if I?" Put it here. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go, no problem, you know? Because sometimes you do get, like, uh, I like to pick up some larger items. Um, I sold a vacuum recently. Really? Yeah, it's a handheld vacuum, but it's still bulky. And at that sale, I was like, I'm going to get this. And I put it around over by the seller, and I moved on, kept looking at other stuff. But if you come looking like a reseller... People are going to look at you and just be like, oh, boy, you know, it's another person reseller." And I can often <laughs> identify resellers in public. Mm -hmm. Like, if you really start paying attention to how people act, some people are just, I mean, it's a big tell. You just know um, by, how, by how they're behaving. Um, Which, so I don't know about you. Do you often look up items before you buy them? I do, actually. Yeah. Um, I will not... I often, I would say I often. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I keep, uh, I have the eBay app and I will use it on there and mm -hmm. kind of look because some things, especially, it's especially true if I'm going to pay a little bit more. So if I'm getting it at a thrift store or something where I'm going to be investing a little bit more mm -hmm. in it, I want to kind of get an idea if it's worth my time, worth my you know, effort. I, I do think it's a little different at, at the thrift store just mm -hmm. because... It's not going specifically to an individual where they are, um, they don't know the value of what they're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. It's more of a corporation. Yeah. And so, I so I garage do. Garage sales, much as you do. Yeah. Like your, your garage sale process is a, a little bit. But, that, but even but. still at, at an estate sale, same <laughs> thing. I, every once in a while, I've looked some stuff up, but I, I feel, 
I feel like they already know that they're trying to get money or mm -hmm. the most money out of their items. It feels a little underhanded when they're already giving a decent deal on some stuff to also look stuff up. But I still do it for some things because I don't know everything I'm picking up. So, so estate sales in particular, because I have estate sales, like, as I said, per, mm -hmm. for my personal life, I have estate sales quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you go into them and they are not stellar deals or mm -hmm. I don't know enough about X, Y, or Z. And I look at the price tag and I'm like, that is way too much. And it's because I don't know much about it, yeah. you know, or because they're claiming it's something like I told you that we, I, we have this like sort of Chinese painted pot downstairs. I think it might be like maybe early 20th century or late 19th century, but they had this thing marked at like 500 bucks originally. And I, I did talk them down a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I went on the last day, still there, of course, because it was way overpriced. And this was an estate sale company. This was not an individual mm -hmm. selling their thing. So this is just business. Yeah. And this is something I kept for our, for our, we got it for our house. Um, but one of my arguments there was, I don't know that it's actually what you're saying it is. Yeah. So I can t look at it and say, it looks kind of old. I can look at it and say, it looks hand painted. But especially with certain types of antiques, sometimes estate sale companies put on like premium price as if it's been certified by some sort of like professional appraiser. Mm -hmm. And in reality, it hasn't been. It's been their experience. It's not gone to like a museum for certification. Yeah. And so I don't feel bad like looking up what those things are going. Sometimes because I just can't guarantee that it is even the thing. Yeah. You know, or I don't know a lot about it or or whatever. And I think it is different when I feel different about it. Um, if it's an estate sale run by a company. Right. Same. Than a person too. Yeah. yeah. Because I, even if I lowball, it's not personal to them. Yeah. The way it's personal to somebody who you're walking into their grandma's house and they're selling off her stuff because she died. That's different than a company who's there to make money. That's yeah. what they're there for too. And I know a lot of those estate sale companies know that resellers come in and buy stuff. And a lot of times they're happy to like sell to them because it gets the stuff moved out. They get their money now and they get to move on. Yeah. So I think when you're talking about ethics of resale, you situation is the big thing. Mm -hmm. And this happens... I mean, that's what an ethical dilemma is, right? Sometimes things are in the middle. They're gray. And I think you just have to think about um, just being respectful. And, you know, I I don't often like ultra low ball, even at estate sales. Um, I will do some, you know, bundling. bundling or I'll ask for money off if it's the last day or whatever. Smart selling or smart buying paired with courteousness. Because that's the thing. If you go in with the, I got to get the best deal possible to get the best profit so I can, mm -hmm. you're going to just come off as an asshole. Mm -hmm. Versus if you go in, you're courteous and you're going, hey, I I resell. I do want to get a bundle here. Do you or, tell people this? I, I will at garage sales sometimes mm -hmm. because I'll buy one of this or one of that. And, and people are like, Oh, why do you buy? I'll just tell them I resell on eBay. And sometimes they go, cool, and they'll give me a good deal. Because they don't want to do the work. They yeah. don't care mm -hmm. because they're just like, they want to get it out of their house. They want a little cash for it. Yeah. They don't want the work of listing and photographing and mm -hmm. doing all that shipping. 
So some people don't care. Yeah, some people don't care. I've only had like one time where the person obviously cared when I was like, oh yeah, I, I resell. And they're like, oh really? And, and they just got a really bad attitude. But most of the time they're like, oh really? That's so cool. I, what I else do you want that. that I can push off yeah, on you? Yeah, they, yeah. they're like, we can make a good deal. I'm like, all right. And, and I go from spending $10 to like 30 or 40 because they're able to go, well, how about if you want those, how about you take these as well? And we can, I'll cut them in half deal or half price. So it's worked out for me in the most part, even at individual sales where you're just honesty is the best policy overall, but you don't like you, like I said, you don't want to go in there intentionally being like, how low can I squeeze them to just get that best profit margin? So, yeah. And sometimes if I go somewhere, a sale, I've been to sales and it was just, ridiculous prices mm -hmm. and i won't even bother some people sometimes. will list higher than ebay pricing just, you cannot <laughs> get premium for this item that is obviously worn or yeah. and or it's just not the market and i see this mm -hmm. um i talk about state sales a lot because i have a lot more experience with the state sales than any garage sales but i find that sometimes you go in there and they're trying to get like list price for art and stuff and the likelihood that it's some random estate sale in the state that we live that you're going to get the exact right buyer for a $3,000 piece of art, yeah. even if it's technically worth that on the art market, is very low. So I think sometimes these, especially companies, they have this, their expectations are too high. Yeah. You can try to price it at that, but the likelihood is that that exact buyer for that piece is not going to walk into this estate. Yeah. And I can tell you this from firsthand because I showed you the pieces of art that I picked up. I picked up three pieces of art at an estate sale. They were artist-signed prints. They were pretty good quality looking. They were professionally framed, so they came framed already. And I paid $37.50 a piece for them. I did some research. I looked them up. Well, actually, I looked them up before I went back and bought them. They kind of caught my eye the first day. Um, but... They were marked at 50 a piece, and then I went back the second day after I had, like, Google lensed one of them, and mm -hmm. it came up, and I'm like, these might have actually had some value, like, decent value. And these were pieces that we've decided, at least for now, to keep for our personal collection, so I'm not reselling them right now. But we found out that I did buy them on that second day, which was 25% off. Yeah. And we took them to get them art appraised, and they did appraise for... A decent amount. Let's say thirty-seven fifty was a steal. <laughs> um, the appraiser, when I told her what I paid for them, was like, "Oh, I mean, it's not gonna like you know set us up for life, but they were they were worth some value." But I that sat through that estate sale for two days, mm -hmm. so nobody walked in there, even though they had them at a really cheap price. Fifty dollars a piece would have been worth it, just for the frames. It would have been worth it, probably. Yeah. But the person who wanted who knew that value they are never walked in there nobody liked him enough to buy pay for fifty dollars a piece i nobody liked it enough the next morning to pay 37.50 a piece yeah and so when you see these ones they happen to have underpriced them but there's a good chance that even even if they had left them cheap that the last day come you know may have come around and maybe nobody would have bought them yeah and so these these people that are pricing things at retail or at what is the resale value uh, in person, unless it's like a gallery or 
an art dealer doesn't, or an antique dealer or whatever. It's the pie in the sky. It <laughs> is. It is. Because it's a very slim chance that that one buyer is yeah. going to walk in. When you're doing things online, you have millions of people that could potentially look at this thing. Mm-hmm. You might find the person that's looking for it. Maybe there's only a few people in the country that's looking for it. And they can find it only because it's online. Yeah. So, in those cases, I don't feel that bad about... Yeah. And that's understandable. Because they're being unreasonable, you know. Yeah. It's the same thing with... with uh, goodwill it's a corporation so when you see when you go and they in get and their like, stuff for free they get their stuff for free and when you go in it's like whoa they only list that for two dollars and you throw it in your cart and you're like i'm gonna make 20 bucks off of that mm-hmm. i don't feel bad at all but your average <laughs> consumer too is not gonna pay 20 bucks for something goodwill yeah and i i maybe you noticed too there was a, a specific period of time which probably mm-hmm. a lot of you um comment in the comments if you're seeing this too or did see this i've yeah. noticed it's gone down but for a while, especially during the pandemic and, and slightly after, mm-hmm. like last year, the prices at the chain thrift stores were ridiculous. Through the roof. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. Used like cooking, like instant pots and stuff for 50 bucks. Like, no one's going to do that. Like you can go day after Thanksgiving and get it for the same price, brand new. Or even on Amazon, you yeah. get one, an off brand and it'd be 60 you know? Yeah, and I, just... I've noticed it's gotten better, a lot, mm-hmm. lot better. But that, for a while, they were trying to get that resale price for uh, something that just walked through their door for free yeah. that they did not do anything to and really didn't know anything about. Yeah. So, just mind your buyer, or mind mind your seller, I should say, yeah. when, when you're buying from to resell. Um, do you have any other personal boundaries that are important to you? I have a couple. I've got a couple. No, go, go ahead. Um... So a biggie for me is I am on a, in the town that I live in, in the general area, I am a member, sorry, I'm not talking right today, (laughs) it's late, Um, I'm a member of a free group, so it's sort of like a, what do they call them, a no-buy group, Mm -hmm. it's not called no-buy, but it's basically a free group where people offer things up for free, and other people can, in the community can claim them and you know you can just redistribute goods for free yeah it's against my personal um it's a boundary that i put in place i am not going to take stuff off that free group to resell yeah i will take things off that free group to use myself or for someone you know i know but i am not going to take things off that to sell because that's essentially stealing from charity it's yeah it's just not it to me it's not it's not ethical um you know it's it's different if somebody gave me something and they don't want it anymore and mm-hmm. I, I don't want it anymore. I happen, a dish set I'm selling off now was given to me by a friend a couple of years ago. As far as I know, she never wants it back. You know, we use some of the pieces of it. We have some of the pieces downstairs. We're selling some off some of the other stuff, whatever. But as far as the, the free site stuff, off limits for me. Yeah. Um, that, that's just, I think that's just general common decency. Yeah. Because, um, because people give things away for free all the time mm-hmm. where people in need actually could use it mm-hmm. or it, like you, you're, you're getting things from the free group for your own aesthetic. Yeah. And where, I list things on there too. Yeah. Yeah. To get rid of. And, but intentionally scouting out those free groups and being like, ah, yeah, it, it, I'm not it, doing it. No, it's low below. And then another thing is we have a local I guess you would call it a th- you would call it a thrift shop. Mm. They get pallets of like 
new from Target or new from TJ Maxx or I don't know. Hopefully we can say those names. Uh, anyway, new from you, you commercial say, stores that yeah, are, you, you know, you can say stuff. <laughs> things that maybe got clearance down or was overstock. I know there was a big overstock mm-hmm. problem after the whole pandemic thing because they overordered because of the like imbalance in, in books and stuff after everybody went to online ordering. Mm-hmm. Um, and this store buys things in large pallets, still with tags on it, and they resell it, but at a cheap price. Part of their mission is, I don't know, you may know the ones I'm talk, talking about. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. They Part of their mission is to give back to the community. So they're involved with different charity organizations around the area. And they, I don't know what percentage, but a percentage of their profit, it's a locally owned thrift. Percentage of their profit goes to these organizations. They try to help people mm-hmm. out. They want to give local people a good deal on things and so I don't buy their new stuff mm-hmm. to resell. Now I have bought their some of their donated like stuff, but as far as that those the stuff that they're getting at a really great deal and they're trying to pass on a really good deal to, to others, I'm not gonna go buy up a bunch of these new things mm-hmm. and and sell them. And he has made a comment on his Facebook before, because he does live videos and things, about like resellers and like not wanting, you know, he can't stop them, but like discouraging them from coming and, and taking. Because they would get like huge rugs, mm-hmm. and and they would be so inexpensive. And some of these things, furniture, like mm-hmm. big ticket items, that somebody who's just starting out with their new apartment, little apartment, or maybe are poorer, or even just normal people, you know. Yeah. No, I shouldn't say normal people. Like middle, more middle, middle working class, class yeah. people can get a deal to to help furnish their houses. Um, but then you have these people in there that are taking that. So that, yep. the new stuff from there, it's out of my, off limits for me. I haven't had any of that experience in particular, mm-hmm. just because of where I normally source. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it goes hand in hand with, you don't want to come off as that, greedy individual mm-hmm. that's coming just for that great deal because yeah that would be a great deal to get all those brand new clothing or new furniture but when you're stealing from your own local community it it's that you know and i've been the, on the flip of that when yeah. you go in and you're like oh they've got this because he would advertise on his facebook mm-hmm. and you you want to go in and like support you it. go in somewhere and everything is gone mm-hmm. because people just Greed, 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 you know? And it's not just resellers, but I do think they are a prime... Um, individual. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're a demographic that definitely does it more than probably even the individual. There are, there are some people who do overbuy, but yeah. you know what I mean? So that that's a big a big one for me. Um, and of course, just being a jerk. Yeah. I'm not going to like push you over in a thrift store <laughs> to grab something. I'm not going to start... Oh or, my or, gosh, I, my local thrift, I talked to them yeah. today... And the, I wanted them to, I was buying something for myself, uh, just a coat rack. And it was too big, too clunky to be in my cart, so I wanted them to hold it for me. They don't hold things, and she, the, the cashier told me it's because they've had fist fights break out over stuff. Uh, it was a goodwill. Like, they had fist fights break out. And I don't live in, like, a super rough area, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and I, immediately my mind went, I bet it was resellers. Yeah. Like, and that's awful. I don't want to be associated with that. And I don't want to be the thing that I have criticized and judged because I do judge people for that kind of behavior. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. 
It, has there been any items in particular that you found where you've had like an ethical, oh, I don't really want to sell that, even though it's a good deal to get? I don't know off the top of my head. Do you have you do you have something in mind? I, I've I've come across an urn before. Like with ashes in it? Mm-hmm. I think it was a pet urn. But it it was an urn and I Is there was, a market for that? Yes. What? There's a market for that, but it was just like I took it up to the it was at Goodwill. <laughs> well, it was at Goodwill. And <laughs> we could and, <laughs> and I took it up to the front counter because I'm like, I don't think you guys should be selling this. And they're like, oh, well, it's fine. It's not human remains. I'm like, I don't think you should be selling this, though. And they ended up taking it and putting it behind the counter. But that's just kind of one of those things where you can find or like people can find intentionally hunt for ivory and seal fur and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But I've never come across anything weird like that but just an urn is weird enough as mm -hmm. it is so yeah that is weird and i would like to learn more how do you know there's a market for it <laughs> there's people there's a market for everything there's a market for everything all right people you are weirdos weird. out there buying yeah. urns with ashes in them i'm fine if you buy an urn without ashes but it's a little <laughs> weird that is weird when you're buying urns with ashes um yeah i've not come across too many things like that that i've really had like a serious conviction of uh, yeah mm. <laughs> not that not that i can think off the top of my head but i've not been doing it super long you know sometimes you go into people's houses especially estate selling and stuff and it's like it's a little sad you know you see like their personal things or mm -hmm. like not now when i say personal things like obviously like clothes are a personal thing but like pictures like family mementos things, and that no one cared yeah. like that's kind of sad um, we do sell photos sometimes that have gotten separated. My sister, I will say this. Mm -hmm. My sister has a little bit of an ethical um, or sentimental, however you want to put that dilemma, about certain photos if they have a name on them. Mm -hmm. Or if she finds, like she ended up, she she was going through some of her personal collections because she's had vintage and antiques that she's collected yeah. just to keep. And she was going through things. Now they're reselling to, to like pare down her things that she doesn't really need. And she pulled out a, her, a giant box of photos that she had gotten somewhere, like old photos, vintage and antique photos. And some of them had the same person in them repeatedly. Mm. And we know this person's name. And so part of it, part of her wants to just go to the like, uh, historical societies mm. and things and either let them copy them or, or give them to them because because that was somebody's family. And, yeah. like, and I have had some, I'm not a deep into genealogy, but I have some interest in it. And I know if I wanted to, you know, like if someone had my family photos, I might be interested in seeing them or owning them. And so there is that little bit of thing. It's different if you have a photo that has no name. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You don't know who that is. Right, you know, right. you could maybe scan it and put it on Dead Fred online and maybe somebody would recognize it. But it's not the same as when you have like a location and a name and a what, what's that? What's that? Dead Fred. Yeah, it's a genealogy website where you can post photos and you can tag them with the area, or if you know the area, or if you know the name, you can tag the name. And it's basically you. It's a database of photos oh. that maybe you don't have a home with the people that they belong with. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's a genealogy thing. So there are sites like that that you can 
list those items. There's a couple of things, like, for instance, my sister, again, was going through her things, and she had a military uniform. She has a suitcase with the guy's name on it. Mm. She knows where he was from. And that is one of those things that, like, she's kind of yeah. on the edge about whether we should sell it or whether she should try to find the family. And Because she found it in an estate sale. So, but that doesn't mean there's not an extended family member that would want it. Right. So these things, I think that's where it gets a little... Iffy. Iffy. And, the, like, for instance, the, the military uniform... The likelihood is if you sold something like that, it's going to go to a collector who cares. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be free-floating or to somebody who's just going to turn it around for another buck. It's going to go to somebody who actually cares about the, that thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's still, you know, kind of gray. So next, we're going to talk about our surprising sales we've yep. had. This is another segment. This yes. is a new segment. Let us know what you think of it. Okay. Do you want to do you want to do that? Do you want to start that, or do you want me to start this? Go ahead and start because I do kind of think a little bit. Okay, but. so I just think I don't have anything like at this point that's like really big, standout, monumental. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things that I think sold faster than we expected. Mm. Um, there was a couple of times we sold some books that maybe came out of my, my sister's personal collection that sold really fast, and books aren't always a fast seller on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, there was. I had picked up a yellow carnival glass. I don't know if you're familiar. Are you familiar yeah, with carnival glass? Yeah. It was a it was a mild carnival glass, so it wasn't super iridescent, but a yellow carnival glass glass hand. Oh. It was like a ring holder. So it was hmm. basically like the fore like a piece of the forearm and then the hand that was like huh. sitting like this. And it sold pretty fast after we listed it. Oh really? And it was cool. Like it caught my eye. I got it at Goodwill, it was on the shelf. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. And um, I picked it up. We listed it. I mean, it did not take long at all. And it was gone. So I thought that was kind of cool. But I think one of the big ones for me, um, not surprised that it sold, but maybe surprised for how much. I had a couple of pieces of luggage. I They were vintage luggage kind of beat up shape. One of them was a Samsonite. It was a small, like, Samsonite care, like personal bag kind of size, vintage. Um, but they were not in great shape. The Samsonite had corrosion on the lock and didn't have the key. And it, you know, had some rusty parts. So and it needed other a one, lot of work. Yeah, the other one needed a, needed guts and stuff. And I was just listing them together. We, I wanted to get rid of them out of my house. I was done with them. And so I listed them. They sold for 20 bucks, which isn't a lot. But the person paid $52.54 in shipping. On was, these it, was it international or no? No. Oh. But because of the... Bulk. Yeah. Because that was... I don't... I'm not always 100%. Like, sometimes I do... We do make a little bit on the shipping, depending. Um, and in this case, I think we did end up doing it. Do, making it. But I had put in, like, big, big specs because I knew it was going to have to go. They were going to have to go in a big box because they weren't huge luggage pieces of luggage. But once you stack them up, they're, you know, yay big. So they had to go in a big box. Yeah. And for some reason, the even if it's lightweight because they weren't that heavy. But something about box size, you just get char- charged through the nose. You're just eating up more space in I the mean, truck. it's crazy. Even if it's light, they're, like, yeah. mad about the big boxes. Yeah. And so I didn't have much of a choice. I tried, like, getting in the smallest box again, and I ended up having to send in a big box. But 
the the estimated amount of shipping for that was fifty two fifty four, and they paid it, and then paid me twenty dollars on top of it for these vintage, not pristine, needed some work. Mm. The Samsonite did have the in, the interior part to it still, and I, I think it probably could be rehabbed to, you know, be used. And Samsonite is a valuable luggage anyway, but yeah, that was kind of surprising mm. that somebody was sometimes. It's surprising to me the amount of shipping that somebody is willing to yes, pay. Yes, it is. Um, they usually well, ask for a little bit off the, the item. selling price, which of course is fine. But we actually made a decent amount on that because it didn't cost me $52. But for some reason, may I don't know if you've noticed this and I'd be interested to find out, but eBay really overestimates shipping sometimes. Yes. I mean, by maybe. a lot. Well, Even if you put in exact specs sometimes. I think that what that is, eBay gives you a discounted rate. Mm-hmm. And so, for whatever reason, I I don't know why they do this. They'll give the seller the discounted rate that they get with USPS mm-hmm. versus giving the customer the discounted rate. Oh, I know rate. why. Because they take a cut of the shipping. Have you ever paid attention to their fees? That. They When they do their fees, and I think, don't come at me, eBay. <laughs> but... I ha- I do have a bit of a problem with how they ca- calculate their fees because if you look at it, mm-hmm. they calculate their fees based on sales tax, which in our state we have, mm-hmm. and based on the shipping cost. Mm-hmm. And so when they calculate the final value fee, it's based on the entire amount that the people pay- paid, even though the seller does not get like sales tax at all. Yeah. And the seller also has to, to like take shipping out of their earnings. Jeez. So I bet anything they do that so they can take a cut off the top yeah. and you can still maybe have enough to, I don't know. I, it would be interesting to know, um, huh. but I have noticed that they overestimate yeah. shipping quite a lot yeah. for, for the buyers. A lot. I, I think out of all the items I've sold, I've only had to pay extra into the shipping like twice. Mm-hmm. And one was a golf club just because golf Super clubs are so and long and... But I was still making good money, and I was only out by, like, an extra dollar. So it was like, eh, whatever. But when it, when it comes to customers paying extra, I the reason I asked about International, mm-hmm. I sold an alarm clock recently. They The customer only paid, like, $12 for the actual alarm clock, mm-hmm. and they paid more than $30 for shipping. Because I – and I don't do the specific – um, international shipping. Mm-hmm. I just do it through the distributor where I eat or email it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I ship the item to the eBay distribution center mm-hmm. and they send it internationally and it went to Switzerland. What so was this alarm clock? It was just a 80s little digital alarm clock. Switzerland is the place of timepieces. Yeah. They could have a fine mechanical time. Yeah. Time yeah but, Whatever. People but are going to pay it, what they're going to pay. Yeah. It, it was just like, all right, cool, I guess. Now, what sucks with that, with the international sales at least, you you still get only the profit of the general um, um, national oh. shipping so or domestic shipping. So it was marked at like eight fifty domestic shipping, but shipping it to the distribution center only cost me six fifty, so I pocketed an extra two bucks. But so like a handling fee. Yeah. So. Yeah, I it think is what it is. It it does surprise me sometimes what people pay because like mm-hmm. when I'm buying things online, 
<coughs> shipping, I do notice it. Yeah, it's a factor when you go to it buy It is, something. and it's a factor sometimes. I don't know if you feel this way, but when I'm trying to price things to sell, mm-hmm. sometimes I will give people a cut on the shipping, and I'll be like, oh, $5 flat fee, because I know this item is not so valuable that someone's going to want to pay what I'm asking plus a bunch of shipping. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, I don't know. And in general, the cheapest that eBay will put the shipping for the customer side is anywhere from six seventy five to eight fifty or something along those lines. So by doing that flat shipping, you can give a better deal to somebody, especially if they're located in California, which is the uh, what do they call it? Area four um, UPS shipping. Oh, I don't know USP- about that. Oh, oh. well, so um, America is split up into four quadrants or five di- distinct quadrants of shipping. And so depending on where you are and where it's being shipped to will dictate how much that item costs to ship to those locations. I mean, it makes ba- sense. Based off of the Distance item. and yeah. whether it's going to have to fly and all this kind of thing. Yeah. So um, if you're shipping like from us in Michigan, if you're shipping to Ohio or Indiana, Illinois, um, a few of the other outlier states, that is all within District 2. And so that will be like the cheapest. It's like four fifty, which makes sense because they can drive down there in a day and it's yeah. gone. And the further out you go, especially when you go out west, um, I think California and all that is District Five, or it's either five or four, and then Alaska and Hawaii is five. I can't remember exactly, but that's why it shows like when you list an item, it will be a price range of this price to this price, just because. Where is it going to go? But I've shipped quite a lot to California. Yeah. Florida as well. Florida a decent amount. They like to shop down there, I guess. Yeah. I, on the I, eBay. I think it's back to those um nice older retirees. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, another thing I did think of something else that was kind of a surprising sale. Um we listed this I may have told you, I can't remember if I said it on camera or not, but it was a sort of vintage fifties style radio. Mm. So it was really stylized case and everything. It was pretty cute. My dad found this thing scrapping. So he literally picked it up in the garbage. And my sister, I think, kept it for a while and then decided, no, it's time for it to go or whatever. So we listed this thing. It wasn't in perfect condition at all. Like, it had a a wasp's nest inside of it where somebody had... um, Probably stored it in the garage. Mm-hmm. And the case wasn't perfect. And we didn't plug it in. We didn't know. I don't know anything about, like, it's a tube radio. I don't know anything about, like, the repair for that. We are not professionals on that in that end. So we disclosed all this. We, we took a picture. There was a picture of the wasp's nest in there. We don't know if this works. It may be for decor only unless you, you know, are a project person. And it's as is whatever. Someone bought that thing and they bought it from, if I remember, pretty quickly after we listed it. Yeah. And I think I shipped it out west. It might have been California. <laughs> um, but what it was is this person had just bought one like it at a flea market or something. And I think that they bought a pink one and this one was blue. And they were going to display them together. And so they bought it because they wanted it for the aesthetics of it. 
And, and that just goes but, to show one man's trash, another man's treasure. Yeah. People are willing to buy almost anything. But it's like we found that buyer like fast, which was so crazy. So did you have anything else that, that was surprising to you? Um, so I bought uh I'm gonna just say an ancient palm pilot. <laughs> this <laughs> thing was in the box from two thousand six. And so we're knocking on twenty now. 20 yeah. Years. It old. I didn't know if it worked. I hadn't, wasn't going to monkey with it. It was just like, this was never used. It still had the filament over the LCD that you're supposed to peel off when you go to use your electronics. And it was just like, oh, I'll list it for 150 bucks plus the shipping. And it sold like in under 12 hours. It was just crazy how fast it went. And it was one of those items I picked up for two dollars. And I when somebody I somebody probably thought, oh, it's old, it's not. Yeah, and when I bought it, I didn't even realize it was a palm pilot. I thought it was a GPS unit. <laughs> oh. It was that much of a brick, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, I just saw I just saw this big bulky electronic thing in a box and I'm like, oh, cool. Two dollars? Good deal. And I just bought it. So You just never know. Yeah, it was it Someone was one likes of those. the simplicity of not being able to, like, have the internet at your fingertips, probably. Yeah. Once all the calendars and stuff. Yeah. Or somebody, uh, from what I was looking into it, you can actually transfer some of your data from your old ones to new ones, depending on the model. So if somebody had been using it and theirs broke down, then they could just <laughs> yeah, probably. go right over. Interesting. So it was one of those things. You never would have guessed that people are still buying Palm Pilots, you know? Especially when you can get a cell phone for under hundred dollars and mm -hmm. it does almost and they everything. paid 150 for a tech that was knocking on 20 years yeah you know so. different strokes for different folks mm -hmm. but i think yeah i mean you can really sell almost anything nearly i mean i think that it should be a testament to that when you go into the thrift store and you see some of the things that are there and you, you realize like <laughs> at some point sorry you realize that at some point somebody bought that retail price brand uh -huh. new and was happy about it. Yeah. The hobo clowns. We've talked about yeah, hobo clowns. Hobo We've clowns. talked about hobo clowns on here. It was I, a thing. <laughs> people loved them. And people just still do. Someone out there, sorry if you're a hobo clown person and you are you collect them, great. Let us know. We'll find them for you. Yeah. Um, but there, I'm, you just never know. Taste varies so much. Mm -hmm. And I just some had people just like weird things. Flash image of the times I've been into Goodwill, though. And it's like used ketchup. On this shelf, or <laughs> who's cause, buying that? I, I know because no sometimes because sometimes yeah, goodwill. I will take one because somebody will. Yeah, because sometimes goodwill is just like, well, we got this donated, and they don't have people working with the common sense to go trash. Yeah, that's something, <laughs> but isn't it? At yeah. the same time, it can lead to things like your paper fan, which some people would have looked at it and immediately gone. Trash. It's old. Yep. Doesn't I found matter. it at an, at an outlet, good, yep. uh, Goodwill outlet. So it probably, nobody, you probably did sit on a Goodwill shelf at some point and mm -hmm. nobody bought it. So, yep. You just never know. So we would love to hear your surprising sales, things that you were really shocked that sold. Yeah. Either how fast they sold, because obviously if you're, if you're listening it, you have an inkling that it might sell, but maybe it sell, sold way faster than you thought. Maybe it sold for more than you thought, mm -hmm. or maybe you're just shocked it sold. We'd yeah. love to know that.
Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. It also, if you have any of your own personal ethical questions that you encounter when you're out there mm -hmm. sourcing for things to resell, or you've seen behavior that you're like, wow. Do people look at me when I'm out there buying stuff? Mm -hmm. Go ahead and post them below. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh -oh. I like Thank you. Yep. Until Talk next time. See ya. Bye.